0: we
1: Once again to the Collapsing Pocket Podcast, brought to you by Royal Flush Designs. My name is Rob Ward, your old mate Wardy, and on this, the week before Christmas, I'm joined by two men who are no strangers to a lump of coal on Christmas morning. I am, of course, talking about the Lancashire bomber, Mr. Simon Carroll. Hello, mate. And the Yorkshire pudding, Mr. Sam Aikroyd.
0: Do.
2: This is a good starting point, so, isn't it? Do you have Yorkshire puddings on your Christmas dinner
0: or not? Uh, well, I was going to go for that as well. No, uh, you don't, unless you're having beef.
2: I am. Uh, I, I'm having beef on Boxing Day and turkey. So. I'm
1: on Boxing Day, then. Do, do, the you do, do you do the two meats thing? Sir? Is that a Christmas first time tradition? ever?
2: First time ever. But the, four, the in-laws mm. are coming over on Boxing Day. We're going to go see my folks on Christmas Day. But on Boxing, day, yeah. the parent's uh, shift's parents coming over and um, they prefer beef, so... So the, the, yeah,
1: they're that. bringing the beef, and you're heating
2: up the turkey? That's, heating up, no, 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 we're all freshly cooked at uh, Casa Carol over here.
1: Excellent. Uh, not not so, like that
2: Harvey Nicks like we discussed a couple of weeks ago. It's not being brought to you
1: pre-cooked, mate. We're doing it on site. Oh, this is the proper chef skills going on at the Carol household. Uh, Mr. Ray um Yorkshire pudding... Um, greater than or lesser than sign versus christmas pudding well york's pudding is obviously the, the finest pudding
0: uh, of, of all all puddings uh yeah you can't be you can't be a good yorkie no. christmas, christmas pudding is quite a divisive subject aren't they really
1: yeah i've never i've never really been into the christmas pudding thing yeah, people, people yeah. turn down
0: christmas pudding or any anything even resembling one once a year yeah yorkie. No one turns no, one about a Yorkie.
1: No, true enough. So, Sam, here's one for you. Me, me and Si had fun last week. We were talking about, you know, last week was kind of end of term. Let's knock out a kind you know, when you were at school, it was let's knock out a, a Christmas quiz. So to test whether you actually listened all the way to the end last week or not, um, we asked a question, me and Cy. Si, we had a little question. The question was, can you name... Four offensive linemen from the same offensive line. Now I'm going to make it easier for you, Sam, because I know yeah. there's no chance you did unless you can remember what we said last week. Can you name two linemen from the same O-line, Sam Akyroid? I can name you Ramchick and uh, Pete from Oh, he's, yeah, he's
0: uh, New Orleans. He's, I don't think I can yeah. get to four though. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I didn't, I, I didn't stick all the way to the end of last week's. 106 minute podcast was it um what i did I, I tuned into the start just to see what insults were thrown my way for feeling uh a little under the weather sorry, sorry i would have been terrible last week to listen to more so than really usual uh so i see what insults were coming my way and, and heard you getting uh mythical beasts wrong um i would have liked to correct you on with and then i got about i got about half an hour into your charges chat before skip to the end uh, just to see what you were what you made of my uh picks and uh, you were very insulting about my choice of Vegas Raiders to, to pick up a win against a depleted brown side which uh, uh, I made notes of you uh, just mentioned now, hey, mate. So just, it now yeah. Just, yeah, anyway why the
1: hell not, why the hell not? I've tried to
0: 100 minutes today, so oh,
1: know, we. We, we, we are going to try and f- I'm, I'm fire through this week. I, I suspect, uh, Si, that the the first lady of the podcast was not too pleased at the time, which we uh, we knocked off last week.
2: No, she was not at all. And uh, I wasn't too pleased about it either, Robert, but you had had a couple of tinnies and you were well within your rights to uh, uh, wangong Gong, because that's, gone, that's what more. beer does for you. And as for that a bit a bit Las Vegas more. pick, which he made, what, a good week ago, no one knew how many... COVID absentees uh, Cleveland would have at that point in time, you are was a lot. absolute liar, absolute liar. But I do quite a few, and
1: I
0: also know how COVID works, so well, oh, well there might no, be a few so, more.
2: Well, you didn't know that Las Vegas will not have any COVID problems either, don't talk out the <laughs> hole in your arse, you're just making it up and well, you go <laughs> along, and we'll get to that at Ballsy Causes later on in the show.
1: Also, Sam, you say you know how COVID works, but have you actually had it, man? You're a warrior like me. You've just been through 10 days of it. No, I don't think you are, are you?
0: No, I, you know, I'm much more cautious about these kind of things. I, I, might, I, I, I may well have had it, I'm, but certainly unknowingly. Are you, are you well, Rob? You didn't, you've not died on us.
1: Well, <laughs> I've died on stage a few times, Sam, but not not through COVID. So we're, no, I'm, I'm fighting fits and I am back out amongst and went for a walk today. Which I very much enjoyed, and I dug out because I was bored shitless last week, and I was sat somewhere, I was going through loads of just random books and flicking through shit. I dug out this little fella, which I was using back in the summer to make me some notes during our podcast, Hmm. and I stumbled upon our award predictions from a podcast we did back in August. So stumbled upon. This is is where he's nailed
2: something, and he wants to tell the whole world about it, isn't it?
1: I, I promise sure you, I really haven't. <laughs> right, you, might, you might want to hold
0: on to this for when for our agenda. We are talking. We have a, we're having a little bit of a look at uh, a possible MVP, aren't we, later on? Are we? I don't think oh, well. any of mentioned.
1: Okay, well, I'll hold <laughs> off. The, I'll hold off the MVP predictions for so that. Uh, but here's who we had uh, for certain categories: uh, Offensive Player of the Year. I went for Nick Chubb. Uh, Sam went for Alvin Kamara Si went for CeeDee Lamb We can safely say none of them will be anywhere near that award Uh, Defensive player I I I went home field advantage I went for Nick Bosa Uh, You two boys both went for Miles Garrett. In the mix? Yeah, he could be in the mix Uh, Offensive rookie of the year um, I went for Justin Fields Which isn't happening uh Cy Devontae Smith, which isn't happening. Sam Mac Jones, which potentially I think that might be leading the field Wait, right now. Yeah. Proud um, hiding, proud. Now here's where I smashed it. Defensive rookie of the year. Cy Zayvon Collins. Uh, Sam Patrick Satane the second. Your old mate Wardy, Micah Parsons. Not just defensive rookie of the year, potentially defensive player of the year. Oh, so I yeah, should get double.
2: Highest, highest drafted defensive player in the draft wasn't he, uh, Mike? So certainly, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So why
1: didn't you pick him, lad? Because we like to mix it up a little bit, unlike yourself, oh, right? Okay. Uh, Coach of the year, uh, I've gone for Brian Flores for the Dolphins. Now I would argue if he gets Dolphins into the playoffs from one and seven or wherever it was, he could be up there. Sam, you went for Sean McVeigh. I think he possibly missing out on that one uh, this this time. Sally. Bill Belichick.
2: Well, what can I say? I know what I'm talking about. You How can you... can't give him Brian Flores uh, just because he's done a massive comeback from a situation where he put them in. Yeah. did, well, he, that, that did, did That's bullshit.
0: Did he put them in it? Yeah, he was the coach. Well, once like he got them out of it, yeah. presumably.
1: <laughs> oh, right. So hang on. You're going to give the players the credit for getting out of it and blame the coach for putting no, them in
2: it? No, I'm just not letting you do the opposite is what I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> no. If he if he reels off the next few wins and they're playing the Saints next week, so actually we be no, no danger. Uh, and finally, comeback player of the year. Um, you boys went to CMC. I went for Dak Prescott. I don't think either. I mean, I'm not sure who it might be. Do you know who it could be? Could Errol Patterson. Wouldn't that be a story?
2: Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit. Do you come back? What does he come back
1: from an injury? It's usually you know, no, someone... no. It's just uh, correct me if from the wrong side. It just not means always.
2: no. He's come back from being yeah. shit, so the, yeah, <laughs> it's more of an insult than a, than a accolade. Yeah. in that regard, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I can't see him giving it to. Pre- I mean, Prescott might have been a candidate earlier in the year, but, but w- not the way he has been the last month or so. I wonder so, if they give it anyway... to
2: Adrian Peterson that season that he came back from beating his kid up. <laughs>
0: Potentially.
1: Potentially, mate. <laughs> uh, we're going to give it to Antonio Brown for coming back from COVID.
0: OBJ <laughs> might be uh, it's still in the mix.
1: Shut up. Man. <laughs> anyway, fun and games, lads. I think we probably went about three from 21 there. So, uh, so, uh, say, same old, same old. What is on the agenda uh, this week? Well, let, let, let's kick off, shall we, uh, Sam? Let's talk about the team that a couple of weeks back we were all sort of had earmarked as potentially well, not just the best team in the NFC, but the best team in perhaps the whole of the NFL. Um, they're still at 10 and four, um, they're still in with a very good shot of winning that NFC West. Um, but the Arizona Cardinals have now lost in Detroit, which is. It's kind of unbelievable, and, and and I would argue. I mean, we had the Jags beating the Bills a few weeks back, but I think I'd argue, Sam, that this is the biggest upset of the season, and it has you asking, how worried should we be about Arizona right now?
0: Yeah, well, it's not just the defeat, is it? I think it was the the ease with which uh, Detroit picked up that uh, second uh, W of the season. Um, and it obviously comes on the back of uh, a couple of ropey performances, and yeah, I mean, you don't want to say the wheels are coming off, but you, there is that slight, uh, slight vibe about it with Arizona. Obviously, D Hop uh, might be back in the playoffs should they get there, which I think still looks pretty, pretty safe, like you say. Um, but certainly, take away that main weapon, and the and the offenses uh sputtering a little bit the defense is not making the big plays that it was uh yeah you know, a few weeks ago and you just feel like it's got that and that very common narrative of teams who start off quick all guns blazing and then we get to the business end of things teams have found them out a little bit people know what to expect a little bit few injuries here and there momentum goes and like we were saying a few weeks ago as well about cliff kingsbury uh, you know, maybe hasn't quite got the mouse and uh, what have you at this end of the season just to, you know, grind games out that are a bit tricky and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, suddenly big question marks on them. And like you said, they're not the, uh, the number one seed. They were, what, three weeks ago, was it? Or two? Two.
1: Yeah, no, for, for sure. And, and Si, you know, me and you were asking questions last week, weren't we, about you know, is this defense, is it as, as good as it seems? Um, and certainly when you're conceding points the way they did against, well, I mean, Craig Reynolds and Josh Reynolds, it was a good day for Reynolds, Detroit, uh, you know, a bunch of kind of cast-offs and backups who made up the Detroit's you know, offensive weapons. Then, uh, uh, you know, so you can ask, ask questions there about the defense, but, but also, side. The Arizona offense, which felt sort of a safe bet to come through in this game, you know, even, even with four downs, that they they, they they couldn't make up uh, ten yards uh, on numerous occasions against one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, it was a bad day,
2: wasn't it? I mean, we've seen it throughout the season from every team possible so far. Uh, it just seems it's Arizona's turn now to start wavering a little bit, whether or not they come through it. Like Sam says, it's about that now. That Cliff Kingsbury hasn't. Had the opportunity probably to show yet yeah, and whether and the debate as whether she will do and in terms of defense as you imagine we could talk about how one of my favorite words of the season i think is the robustness of it you know the front is how robust is this franchise enough to be in the you know to be a factor in the playoffs because let's face it if we look at the glass half full side of things for the cardinals they're definitely in the playoffs they need to minnesota or whoever wins out of washington and philly tonight to go unbeaten and to lose all the rest of their games for that to happen and to be the second best in the tiebreakers too so, I mean, they're in, aren't they? They're in, that's, let's face it. So even that, on its own, is an improvement for the Arizona Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury. You know, it's his third season in charge. They've progressed every year, and now they're in the playoffs. Looking back at how the season started, yeah, obviously, you know, it's going to be disappointing for uh, Cardinals fans if they don't make any noise in the playoffs. But, you know, everything's all relative, there's that. But, yeah, two weeks ago, they were the number one seed, now the number four seed, and they might even get usurped at the top of the West tonight, I think, if the Rams, if the Rams win. So that is a, a shocking turn of events, but to be fair to Arizona, this game aside, which obviously wasn't the greatest result, um, it's happening in every conference, isn't it? Look at the Chiefs start the season in the AFC West. Look at the AFC North that changes hands every week. You know, we had a game last night where the Browns, had uh, they won, they'd be top of the AFC North. If they lost, so they were bottom. That's abs- <laughs> Week 16, that's absolutely mental. It's week 16 next week. What's going on? Um, yeah, I'm not what? too worried about uh, Arizona, but then again, I'm not too convinced yet, despite, you know, they're real entertaining to watch this season. You know, and I think we've all got a soft spot for him despite them being in your team's division. Or, you know, it's, it has been good to see, but yeah. Um, as, as unconvinced
1: yeah. as them by any team in, in the NFL right now. I don't know whether, you know, there's something particular about the identity of Arizona that that maybe worries me a little bit more than it does some of the other teams who are in, in the mix at this stage is going back to that, that resilience and robustness talk about side. But isn't that the, the the old cliche, the definition of, of playoff football, Sam? What you're going to have to come up against is is big, hard, physical lads on the line. It's It's, you know, it's the Dan. If they can't get past the, the the Dan Campbell ankle biters, isn't that the exact sort of team, physical, tough, run the ball? If they can't overcome that, isn't that going to catch them out in January? It, it, doesn't that feel like a perfect kind of uh, you know trap game f- for them come January, playing against the team with that style?
0: Uh, yeah, I would I, I, say the most troubling aspect of this game, like you say. I think the offense think kind of with a bit of magic and, and when D hops there, even in, you know, tough January conditions, I think can still, uh, on any, any, most of the Sundays put points on anyone. I think the bigger problem or the, more, the most alarm bells on this were just how easily they made Jared Goff's life really on defense, on defense, you know, and um, we know Goff's limitations and we certainly know his O-line's limitations as well. Uh, and they just couldn't, he just had an easy day of it all the time you've really that's where they're gonna struggle in january if they don't fix um the, those issues is making their opposition's life hard in january rather than their offense overcoming you know tough smash mouth defenses and what have you um yeah i i, I would say there's pretty loud, loud alarm bells going off in arizona right now despite as i says everyone's had the tricky spells this season and tricky weeks this season. I think it's just the fact that it's coming at Christmas time with the playoffs right round the corner that is makes it all the more pressing. Whereas, you know, Kansas's issues seem a long way away because they're a
1: long they are a long way away now. And we should, uh, you know, give give Detroit credit in this one. I, I know, obviously, our conversation is focused on Arizona because they are a playoff bound team. Um, we, we should get in about the Lions. It, it, it feels to me like every time I go on my Twitter feed, it's just full of, of Lions fans and people telling me this is the best win of the season for any team because of all the injuries and the absences the Lions had. And I would never, ever, ever want to take anything away from, from a franchise that has had to suffer the abject misery of, of, of Detroit I, I just want to kick back a. I mean, it's against to the point, isn't it? A little bit with Dan Campbell, the, the mythology is is sort of running away with itself, and like there was people. I was reading tweets on on um, on Sunday night on Monday morning, and it was like, who wouldn't want to play for this guy? Isn't this like the most inspirational speech you've ever heard in your life? And it was kind of showing you the lot the lock you know the locker room, and you know he, he was given this sort of generic middle-aged jock we went at him and it's a team win i i don't know is it just running away with the stuff a little bit here in detroit
2: no i don't think so i think you're being real proper mad about this wardy i've got to be honest
1: well, I, I, I just, I'm, it's just, I just want to raise the question. It, it's just on my radar. It's not nuanced.
2: It's not nuanced it, what they're doing. It's, it's not they're, they're not reinventing outrageous. the wheel. It's not fancy. It's not Sean McVeigh, Kyle Shanahan, we're going to beat you up with with uh, all these trick plays and shit like that. They're going to smash it down your throat. And you know, and it's getting two wins so far. Like we we'll talk about the teams that the Cardinals are going to struggle to play against. They're lucky that. In the NFC, the top end in playoffs, they ain't got any teams like that. If they were in the AFC, they probably have to replay the Colts who would smash it in their face. You know, the Bills might do a similar thing, although, albeit by the air. You know, and any of those AFC North teams as well. You know, this is what Detroit have shown themselves to be. They, they, If you look at the way they played on, on Sunday, they were tactically astute. They were very clever. The, the reason why Arizona's defense did poorly was because it was so ultra-aggressive. They used it against them. The amount of times that Goff stepped up to that pocket and evaded the first pressure and then dropped the ball over the back of the of the cornerbacks who were pressing too hard was, was insane. They absolutely schooled the Cardinals' defense at, at points in this one. I thought they played very well. I thought they And obviously, yeah, you've got all that na- narrative, oh, they're playing really hard for Dan Campbell. They fucking are. They absolutely are. Not many. I mean, like, obviously every team is suffering right now with injuries and every team is suffering with COVID, as we've discussed. But uh, the difference with Detroit is that their roster was already dog shit to start off with, so <laughs> how do you get worse from that? Yeah. Worse. So there's two ways looking. Yeah. One, obviously, they're getting more out of less now. Or maybe that the drop off of them is a little bit less than it is for everybody else because backups are backups across the league. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't think anyone's getting carried away. I think it's. I think they're enjoying I- it. I think that's fair enough. And for a two win team, I think it's a little bit like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> you still only got two wins, but you know. <laughs> I think it's two more weeks uh, yeah, than I thought they would have had three weeks ago. I,
1: yeah,
0: I, think I, I, would say, I would say Detroit are probably the best two eleven and one team <laughs> I've ever seen. I, I think that's fair.
1: And, and to be fair, Sam, I think everyone would agree with you. And, and I just wonder whether we're sort of picking and choosing our, our moments here to, to, to celebrate the Lions more so than perhaps some of the other dross in the league and uh, maybe i'm wrong maybe dan campbell is going to lead the revolution and, and all of that but it, I, I it's officially on the radar sam that, that i just feel we've seen this kind of chest pounding sort of histrionic performance before and i don't know that it is uh, is 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 leading anywhere particularly successful hey
0: i was I was fuming with them, since it's one of the few weeks uh, I've not picked them to win this uh, in the ballsy Causes this year. So uh, <laughs> no. they're not my favourite team at the moment, right now either. But uh, listen to this, stat, lads! Uh, all
2: power to them. Listen to this, stat. it also it was the second occasion, second consecutive season in which a team with one or fewer wins defeated a team with at least ten wins. Last season, the, uh, the Jets, who were one and thirteen, defeated uh, the Browns, who were ten and four. Since then, yeah. before that, you're looking like past forty years. So yeah. uh, <laughs> another, another example of how crazy this season is. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah. The, the Reynolds brothers, as you just described awarded, you know, they're, they're a perfect example of what this Lions team are. They're replacing possibly their two best-skilled position players uh, on that roster right now. And they've absolutely balled out. They've played as if they were, they've been playing week in, week out. I think yeah. I think that I think that's where you probably look at think at the Detroit Lions coaching staff, not just Dan Campbell, but what they do behind the scenes. Like it's all rah rah for us, all we see. We don't see in week in, you know, day in day out during no. the week and practice. What well, they're pre- preparing this team really well. They've got a distinct uh, talent deficiency, but they are to some extent masking it week in week out. Fair play to them.
1: Yeah. No, fair enough. Maybe just because it's taken over my Twitter that it's 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 jumped out at me. You're absolutely right. Maybe it's that. Uh, anyway, let's move on, shall we? Let's let's talk about. Um, Next question, Simon Carroll. If you can't even score a point against the six and seven side in your own backyard, do you deserve to be called champions? Mr. Aykroyd uh, I'm, I'm throwing I threw that aside. Maybe, Sam, we should come to you first on this, because this, I believe in question form, is your victory lap. As your Saints won a fourth straight regular season game, Against Mister Brady, the first time that that has happened in his career. Take it away, Sam. Nine zero in the in the pirate ship. What a fine scoreline that is as well.
0: Uh <laughs> you, um Well, no, yeah, obviously I enjoyed this very much. And uh, I was going to say, oh, I would. T- uh, it's probably going to do is uh, every team's had these weeks uh this season, so let's not read too much into it. Uh, but it, it was just uh, nice of New Orleans to well a to keep themselves in that playoff mix and b to show uh, everyone if they were somehow still unaware uh, of how you can uh, just get at this uh, Tampa Tampa team which as you say they've done it four four times out of five we won't talk about the fifth uh, just with a, a pretty standard um, defensive plan that they you know pressure through your through the front four. Uh, so a smart play on on the secondary again, just stepping it, just stepping up on some of the bigger throws that Brady's gotten because I think he's been picked at least once in every one of those games, hasn't he? He had, he had two turnovers in this with a when he went off on one a little run, um, which is probably a bit ill-advised uh, for him for himself at his age. Um, but yeah, this was just the this. I'd rather you go to Simon on this and let him uh, pick it apart, see if he can let him really pick it apart, because I won't be very objective on it. And I might just start focusing on Tom Brady, uh, smashing up surface laptops like a petulant toddler rather than the
1: aged old man he is. Uh, Well, there's that, Sam. There's the smashing up the laptops. There's the the running over to the sideline and telling telling Dennis Allen to go fuck himself. Uh, uh, Too fair. Too fair. That's okay. CJ Gardner Johnson with for me my favorite clip of the weekend this little fella just like crossed his arms folded smiling up in Brady's face even Brady saw the funny side of that but he was tweeting yeah. him afterwards wasn't he, he said,
0: uh, tweeting asking if uh, Microsoft could do him a favor he's got a friend who needs a new surface and all of this but <laughs> uh, well, that's classic CGJ uh, speaking, I mean, speaking of end of uh, season awards uh making a play for Shit
1: House to the Year. I I, I think yeah, the Saints own that award, Sam, and uh, as, as well you know, and no no surprise that you're the biggest fan. Uh, but Sai all of that and we can talk rightfully so about Fournette missing and Evans going out and and and, and Godwin. That's some interesting thing. But but well 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 you can come back on that one, Sam, in a second. the point I was gonna make was even before all those players went out, the Saints' game plan was working. There's yeah. something about this defence side that that gets to Tom Brady.
2: Oh, yeah, they've got it sussed. And you know what? This is perfect storm as well. Like you say, all those injuries are key players. To so I think they've really rel- they're lent on that running game, haven't they, that last month or so? the the Patriots on this offence, to be fair. Um, and then, obviously, you take that away and then you take away the two best wide receivers. He is going to struggle, isn't he? I mean, that's natural. But, yeah, it wasn't the greatest game for him. I think... You know, what was your stat line in the end? It was like 54% completion, 214 yards pick, and a formal, you know, it's not a great day. Is it? I, what a self-aggrandizing, grandstanding uh, question. It's like if you can't even score a point against a six-and-seven side and you run back, yard, you deserve to score champions. Like, I think I'm pretty sure champions have had worse days out than that. But um, fair play to the, to the uh, Saints, Like I say, it's kind of like perfect storm. They shithoused it, didn't they, to some extent. It was great. And it was amusing to watch. Like you say, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson it was like... It was, stuff of dreams for Sam in picking off uh, Brady in the game. But um testament to both defences, you know, just three goal field goals in the whole game wasn't exactly a watch, But big credit to Dennis Allen, you know. He, he stepped in as acting head coach for Peyton who was obviously absent for Covid. Once considered this bright man in the NFL Dennis Allen, you know, he had a torrid stint as coach of the Raiders and this was a big moment for him. So congrats to the Saints, you know, you flawed, you decimated, uh but
1: you at least made things interesting in that NFC South. Well, I was going to say, Sam. You know, the next three games—the Dolphins in the Dome next week, which is a a big game for, for you know wild card chasing okay. team, both conferences. Follow that up, Sam. You've you've got um, the the Falcons on the road and the Panthers at home. You know, suddenly you could be looking at ten and seven, and in the NFC, I think that gets you in.
0: Uh, I think it would do, yeah. There's certainly three winnable games on paper. I think there's, there's obviously still the question marks over offense aren't going anywhere. Mm. Um, mm. And it, I think it was it was going to take a real big effort from from New Orleans. But um, no, a, the only downside was this was, yeah, like putting uh, our defensive mastermind in, in the shot window again. I don't know if he's with the uh, uh, a new round of head coaching hires coming up. He might be on a few radars again after this, after, you know, because he's, a chance to show off his uh, ability i suppose if it's um so that's probably the only uh the only downside of it from a saints point of view um but yeah so i, I enjoyed it all the whole and the the books bleating about it like i said with all the injuries they still had the best uh or the, the the most successful quarterback receiver pairing in nfl history uh to lean on uh which didn't do much good and yeah i don't think any team can play against the saints and, wins that much about missing a few key players either. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, yeah, perfect weekend for me. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, Simon, of course, got had this down of the ball, he calls it, I disagreed with him. So I picked it as well as an absolute nailed on. Um, and I think we spent enough time flag, flagging it up because, like I say, it's Dolphins next week and they'll lose the Dolphins, all the stuff against Atlanta and, uh, in the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium, I'm sure. You know. Okay. Okay. So not, I'm, not as, carried, I'm not getting carried away. Okay. I know exactly how this work, this pans out. <laughs> yeah, the, the other thing I'm is I'm more and more convinced that last last season playoff game was an absolute aberration. Which could, another one for the Saints to suffer in the last however I mean, year, many years in playoffs. It was an absolute freak result when you look at it now, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey,
1: in the past, Sam, you're moving on. <laughs> uh, but for the book site, I mean uh, ton ACL for Godwin. Um, Evans is day to day with a hamstring. I've not seen what the the sort of the prognosis is on on um, on Leonard Fournette. Um, but those replacements were were dropping passes. They were not running the right routes. They didn't look to have any chemistry going with Brady in that game. Is, is that an overreaction? Get him a week in practice, and he can get them up to level. I mean Antonio Brown, you know the the who. A week ago, his future in Tampa was was uncertain, and now they're going to have to lean on him heavily.
2: Oh yeah, they were bringing him back anyway. I don't think Tampa Bay got any concerns about the the uh, kind of what they portray to the to the, you know the honest working man. I don't think they care about that in pursuit <laughs> of victory. But you know, this is this is it now. You know, Tampa Bay's gone to Tampa Tampa Bay. It's all nice and sunny. You know, yeah. he gets his team round him, and he's very successful. And he's all got credit for that. Well, the sun doesn't shine all the time. And uh, no. this is the time you stand up and let's find out. You know, it's not like he's not thrown to crap before. You know, we've seen it in New England, some week in, week out. Give him a week, we'll see what what's what. I can't remember the play this week, but um, I'm quite confident that you know, if you know, well, well, I'm not that confident actually. I don't know. I simply don't know. It, you know, either he they, they'll be fine and they'll be fine, or they won't. They won't. But uh, you know, every team's fallible, and like Sam says, to be fair, teams have it a lot worse than the Buccaneers have had. Last well, fifteen weeks, so let's let, let's find out just what they're made of.
1: Look, luckily the books side so finished the season with the, the Panthers twice and the Jets. And oh, so, uh, oh wow, oh, oh. <laughs>
2: they, they should, not that interesting right. then, Sam. Sorry, buddy.
1: <laughs> and, and 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 Sam Simon, of course, quite rightly there says the sun doesn't shine all the time, but the sun always shines on on TV, doesn't it, Sam? According to which eighties pop group? Uh huh. Uh Aha is spot on. Right, let's move it on, shall we? Let's move the conversation on to to Saturday night. Now, Sam, you love talking about statement wins, don't you? (laughs) Um, I think I saw one. I think I saw one into the early hours of Sunday morning when I saw uh, Jonathan Taylor. And what is it Bill Belichick always does, lads? He'll take away your best player and make you beat him with your second, third best player. Well, it didn't happen on Saturday night in Indianapolis because Johnny Taylor uh, ran all over that. that, uh, that Patriots defense. And um, in a season when we're struggling, aren't we Sam? We're struggling to find the, the MVP front runner. Uh, and I should, let me just mention who we had down as our MVPs at the start of the season. Uh, I went for Russell Wilson. Forget it. Sam went for Dak Prescott. Forget it. Cy, uh, si, You went for Aaron Rodgers on a repeat. Now, judging by what he's done on the field, you you couldn't argue with it, but I suggest that some of the off-field activity of Mr. Rodgers may make uh, people voting for him a little less likely. Uh, But Jonathan Taylor, Sam, MVP candidate? Well, I
0: I think he's as good as any, isn't he? He's a man who's... well. He's certainly the most valuable player on that team by some distance. And I don't know if they would be anywhere near the mix uh, without him. Just absolutely, just take it, filling in uh, King Henry's boots when, as soon as he went down, we needed a star running back in the NFL, didn't we? And Johnny Taylor's in almost in exactly that same mold. And having a, a, a not dissimilar kind of season to the last two that uh, Derek Henry's had, which have both been near MVP standard and, and probably, Probably should have had it he didn't get one did he? he should have they gave it aaron Rodgers. and yeah yeah i think just the quarterback bias there which is probably going to count against uh taylor as well uh but in terms of just the effect he has on NA, a team and any game they're in uh he's got to be a short uh you know amongst the favorites so oh, they yeah. fairly short.
2: i'd say so casual voters think so you know he's, he's leading the votes the race for the uh, pro bowl votes out of anyone in the nfl you know, um, and obviously you can take those nominations to a pinch of salt, but there's no denying that he's elevated himself ahead of any running back currently suiting up, let's say. Last week he, had, he led the league with 170 yards. Second in the list would have been Jonathan Taylor after contact with 125. So you know, that's just how good he's doing. He's the fastest man in the NFL, clocking at 22.13 miles per hour at one point on last game. I think he was running away from... Um, JC Jackson as he was going to the end zone Uh, just to clarify he's had three of the five highest speeds in the NFL this season Uh, he ranks first in almost every category that's uh, carries, rushing yards touchdowns, averages, yards from scrimmage and over the last nine games he's averaged 132 yards on the ground so yeah he he is an MVP candidate and rightly so and I think Wardy, you know could he ask to be coached by anyone better than Frank Reich and his Colts are absolutely flying right now
1: I don't think so. I, I mean, I think we, we always knew, didn't we, that Frank Mike was, was, was a top, top-notch coach. And it's interesting. They, they threw out a stat on, on Saturday night. They said in the four years he's been head coach there in Indianapolis, he's had four different quarterbacks. Yeah, he's, he got shit that, on with that
2: because he thought he had Andrew Luck. That's a job-defining
1: decision-maker, isn't it? Absolutely. He thought he had Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck took him to the playoffs in Reich's first year. Um Angelo retires about two weeks before the 2019 season. He goes to that season with Jacoby Brissett, and he's been he sort of plugs a gap. Philip Rivers is available for one last year. He brings Rivers in, gets to the playoffs, and then he's gone back to his his old mate Carson Wentz. And, and just in the kind of the merry go round and and the the sort of the disorder, I suppose that that can bring to a franchise. There's something very, very calm and settling about, about Frank Reich as, as a coach, isn't it, there? That it, you know, this is a team that, that that wins football games, and even when there's moments of crisis and moments, of, they started the season when they won and four at one point. Good coaching wins out, I suppose, uh, in the end, guys. And um, you know, this defense as well, we should talk about. It, but they've got a takeaway in every game, and Darius Leonard's, he's been back. our boy. For he's, back years now, and yeah. he's back He's he's back, um, and and they just uh, you know Matt Eberflus is the defensive coordinator, I believe. Um, they just play up to to you know, they max out the potential for me, the Colts, I, I, and Carson Wentz is you know as I say Taylor is 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 doing the donkey work, but, but Wentz is he looks good. Um, looks good. Is, is, looks good. He looks like he's getting his confidence back. He, he looks like. You know, I think going into the season before last, they had down as the ninth best quarterback. Famously, I th- he's not quite there yet, but I think he's working what, his way back, back up the what board. What I like about
0: this, what we're describing here, with like you say, the, the strengths outside of Johnny Taylor, but especially Johnny Taylor, uh, is that Carson Wentz could is in a position now. They like, could, uh, in a few months' time, have an MVP uh, season as well and a Super Bowl ring, and still be yeah, hugely, hugely disrespected quarterback. We of the most watching of the NFL. But the thing is, like, yeah.
2: but casual observers will see that he's got better. I mean, we were, I watched the best part of the player I thought Jonathan Taylor made that whole game was not a, a carry. It was a blitz pickup, where he yeah. absolutely saw Hightower yeah. steaming through, picked him up, gave Wentz a couple bit of time, and Wentz. Dropped the ball in between three defenders right into the yeah. bucket. It was a beautiful throw, and a play, a top play from start to finish. Um, the Patriots could have well had a, a come away with a seven-yard sack there, but um, Taylor just absolutely sprinted to make this cut block. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Did really well, and what a play! By the way, I think they were well in tune now. I think they took some time to get over some injuries to blend it all together. But the Colts are legit,
1: and it's interesting looking at the schedule because at this time of year, you know, when we've got as many teams. Packed there in the AFC wild card race. Let's have a look at the schedule. Uh, fascinating game next week. The Colts go to Arizona. They're in the desert on there uh, on Christmas night, lads. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarter past one Boxing Day morning. Then they host the Raiders. The Raiders. Who knows what team's going to turn up? And then they go to to Jacksonville. They finished in Jacksonville. I, I think there's a chance that the Colts win all three of those games because. If you talked about the difficulties Arizona had with 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 the ankle biters in Detroit, you know you're sending like a high-powered ankle biting sort of hard-nosed team in Indianapolis uh, in there, aren't you? So, going to be really fascinating. Can they still win the division? Is has the division gone? Because they did lose both games to the Titans. I'm not sure what the. Let me quickly get the schedule and see. Uh, no, no, they're one game back on the Titans. So even though they lost both games to the Titans, they could still win this division. Cy, si, Sam is asking us to explain that Packers and Ravens game to him on Sunday. So I thought I'd let you have a first bite at this one.
2: I'm not sure what he needs explaining. to be honest. It was a phenomenal contest, wasn't it? Firstly, huge tip of the hat to Baltimore. I know we, I think... A few weeks ago, to put our Lords and Frauds podcast. Um, I wasn't ready to yeah. can him. I know you guys were. And they've still got problems with Baltimore, but they have limited one of the greatest quarterback in NFL history to a relatively tame level of production while starting their sixth and seventh choice, choice cornerback on the depth chart. In the secondary, Anthony Averett is the only true starter left in the field. Um, John Harbor was bullish about this team's chances ahead of this one, despite that adversity. And we know why now. You know, Tyler Huntley is a quarterback. I had a lot of time for um, at the college level. He played for Utah, showcased a similar skill set to Lamar. And so it was no surprise really to me when the Ravens picked him up as a UDFA after the draft. You know, it made sense. You know, a lot of teams do that, don't they? have a quarterback who fits a similar mould to the starter, so they don't have to change the play. But when they come in, I thought he looked prepared. He looked confident, able to make things happen. Of course, he was limited a little bit, wasn't he? Like to bolt to the right a little too early, I noticed that he got out of the pocket a bit quickly and always peeled to the right-hand side. No, means the same league as Jackson, but it was far from a liability, and um, they they confused the Packers for the first twenty minutes. At the very least, I thought, you know, they they took the lead twice. Uh, Big Mark Andrews uh, Stupen was counted, much to your chagrin, Rob. I think it's fair to say in the fantasy league. Oh
1: God. Fantasy game was gone by fucking <laughs> Thursday night. I was 18 nothing down
2: after Thursday night football. Yeah, she was uh, she was trying to play it cool, but she was pretty <laughs> excited about it. You know, the, so. pack, the Packers struggled to make an imprint on the game. I find, obviously, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here, and we're talking about a banged-up team in Baltimore. So, eventually, they did. You know, they brought it back. They tied it up before the half. They took a two-score lead in the second half. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, well, the Packers have just done what we all expected against this really, really struggling Ravens team and uh no, not far from it. They they got a second they galvanised, didn't they? Knocked in a couple of touchdowns. I think you know, the big question is obviously going to be about the two point decision. And we saw Jim Harbaugh do this two weeks ago, didn't we, against Pittsburgh and it failed. I've no problem with the call in a vacuum. No pr- John, I say Jim again. <laughs> You've been getting them mixed up all season, mate. I do it all the time. And Sam told us a few weeks ago that uh, Jim is younger than John. Just doesn't make any sense.
1: We don't know how hard it was on this show, do we? Do you,
2: do you want an interesting <laughs> little start? Uh, Gary Oldman is six months younger than Gary Newman. So there you go. There you R- go. This is backwards, isn't it? Anyway, you know, another
1: interesting Gary Oldman stat. Gary Oldman's sister is uh, Little Mo on East Ends. <laughs> anyway as as you were sorry i do apologize for just cutting say, you off in your-
2: i've got no problem with the going for two points ever i think it's phenomenal i mean we can talk about the charge as well if you like but in a vacuum the decision is fine by me you know the analytics will say it's fine against pittsburgh it made sense you know it's a one-out off shout at the end of the game yes or no let's get out of here try and get a win or not fair enough this one i've got a small problem with it and that is you are two scores down now at this point You're pretty sure that John Harbour knows that he's going to go for two should they get close to tying it up. At which point, he should have gone for two points with the first touchdown out of the two. Because if he fails to get it, it gives him another opportunity on the end touchdown to go for two again and tie the game. If he does get it with the first touchdown, then you're simply getting Justin Tucker to wheel out that Hall of Fame leg and kick a a cheeky little point after, aren't you, to win it. So that's the problem I have with it, doing it backwards. The two points should have come in the first touchdown yeah so that aside, you know small gripe, I think great game, I think they'll learn from that. I think I think John when thinking about it, will probably be a bit annoyed they done that, but um to me, the Ravens are a good football team this a f c North is something interesting to behold. I mean, the Steelers stealing a win against Tennessee, absolute joke, you know, Cleveland losing it on a field goal last night, joke, Cincinnati stealing it uh against Denver. You know, I I loved watching this AFC North, but yeah, I don't know what your problem is with the game, Sam. To be quite honest, I thought Baltimore played very well. We're unlucky, and the and the Packers are obviously one of the top teams in the NFL right now.
0: Oh, I don't. It's just I think when you did we have a, a one point narrow victory for the Packers. That what was it, thirty two thirty one, whatever it was. Um, going into it, like you say, with the injuries that Baltimore had, I think I saw some start about. 60-odd million of their salary cap was out effectively out. Their wage bill was missing. Um, basically, in terms of money, it was like over a third of, of what they pay out was just unavailable in that game across all the, all the superstars gone. Um, like I say, it's basically with no secondary at all against Aaron Rodgers. And then you get to this, and then you have the whole two-point stuff again for the, the second time and. Three weeks, whatever. It just seemed like a slightly wild game that was didn't make a lot, like a lot of this season. (laughs) Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, and when you think, how did all this happen? Yeah, Uh, but yeah, it was a great game within itself for sure.
1: I've got just a couple of thoughts to add to all of that. I think the i I think what I found strange about going for the two in this game. The Steelers game, it was a walk-off, wasn't it? It was like, if you make that two-point, you've won it. If you don't, you've lost it. There was 40 seconds left in this game. So whether you add two points or a one-point PAT, you're still giving Aaron Rodgers 40 seconds to go down the field, set up a field goal and beat you. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you're getting it, you're winning, you're walking off. Just take the PAT. And, you know, just just, because the chances are, you can make all that effort to go for two and still lose the game. Uh, I also thought the call was a strange one on the PAT. I thought it was very odd that you would take away half the field with Tyler Huntley and you would sort of sort of bootleg like out to the right. I found that a strange well, that, decision. That is
2: without doubt what he is comfortable doing, uh, and that's why they've done it in those situations. I mean. He's obviously decided to go for it. It shows confidence in the backup quarterback, but you obviously also want to give him something that you feel like he can execute at a heightened level of uh, the
1: game. What about the previous play where he scored the touchdown, where he drops off, sees the game open up and just runs straight down the middle? Don't you want to kind of keep his option? Yeah, yeah as that, a, that was,
2: <laughs> that's very much an opportunity, but of course the, the stakes on that play weren't quite as high because obviously you've got more downs, you've got more time on the clock this is one and done, isn't it? Um, I'm not justifying the, the play call. I mean, we saw, this is where Huntley's limitations to some extent probably were the most obvious. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I, it's not my kind of play call. Like you say, stretching those quarterbacks out, waiting for someone to open up at the back of the end zone, rarely seems to work. Uh, but then again, I'm not the king of analytics, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh,
1: speaking about the Chargers game, the analytics, again, I don't, I don't... No. I think the the one that the one that to me didn't make sense was the one just before half time. I can understand in a live game where you're giving the ball back to the opposition, it's about momentum, isn't it? And, and you want to keep that going. It just felt to me that, you know, going into half time, you're four points up, add add the field goal, make it a touchdown, go into half time. Momentum dies anyway because you you're breaking by half time. I don't mind it so much out of that, but if you kick one of those, you win the game. But I know that's been a raging debate all weekend. That hey, I, I do sometimes feel like with, with, with this, you know, this whole debate around analytics, isn't it just a little bit like, well, just whatever? There's there's no right or wrong on it, surely.
2: Yeah, I don't care about it. I don't care about any of those decisions yeah. that Brandon Staley made. He's going to make those decisions to the day he leaves the Chargers. That's mm-hmm. the way he is, and I'm perfectly happy with that. At the very worst we got beaten in overtime by you know the, the possibly the best team in the afc the past 5 years. Uh, we took them very close we very beaten once this season and they got lucky this game and they fucking know it. so it's not the end of the world is it let's face it and it's, the better we I get like the more we've been there with, with staley the the more th- those things are going to come off that's the way it is you know we charge of the charges always will be you know as far as i'm concerned but if they've got a good one in staley and he knows what he's doing let him fucking do it.
1: Do you know what those say? Si, I love that So a little bit of fire there. A little bit of Chargers fire in you <laughs> saying, Yeah, I know they got away with one there. I've seen that for a while, I like it. Well we always Sam, set the I Chiefs
2: think... close though, don't we? We always do. We do. They yeah, hate, you do. Yeah, you do it
1: It's good to see you refining your love, I think, for Chargers. You are very much the uh the
0: Miami Dolphins to, to Kansas Patriots, mm-hmm, aren't you? Mm-hmm. That kind of, kind of
2: relationship. I'm Except not I'm not buying came, I'm not buying it? that on that, Sam.
1: Uh, Sam, I feel like you'll have an opinion on this whole analytics and should the Ravens have gone for it, or should the Chargers have not? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, like I said, the, the
0: 2.1 should have been earlier and that's what the analytics said. Anyway, you didn't go for it on the first one. And, and I think uh, the Chargers are a bit too heavy on it sometimes. I think they'd probably be best, best advised to to get points on the board and get the scoreboard ticking uh more for, or certainly earlier than they Fucking than they did Sean but um, and
2: disciple telling us to kick it you absolute turncoat you just, traitor. Uh, a, a
0: bit earlier on earlier on get this the, This scoreboard pressure isn't there is uh which you need to take into account as well but I, the whole debate about the, it's just this tiresome thing that everyone tries to make it's like as if it's going to be part of the culture wars now between under 40, <laughs> 40s and over 40s isn't it where <laughs> The old dinosaurs are like, yeah, it's all gut feel and you, you all know what football is and yeah, the young no. analytics know, actually, if you look at the numbers, I think you'll find that like, this is how the game works. Uh, yeah. And the truth is it's somewhere in between the two. And, you know, if you're not using, I mean, you are using stats, even if you don't know you're using them, you you are at least remembering some numbers or apparent numbers in it. So, I mean, it's, it's just an evolution of the game and it's here to stay. I don't know why... I, I, I think the only reason there was a debate about it is because you can get some angry faces on TV to have an argument about it and generate a I bit think, of a Twitter storm. Boy, I think it?
1: the the favourite one I saw was was like uh, I think I saw a tweet that was like, "Has analytics ever been punched in the mouth on a cold Sunday in Chicago?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, come on now, let's leave off it. Uh, in fe- to be to be technical, Sam, no one has ever been punched in the mouth. On a cold Sunday in Chicago in the NFL, because of the, you know, they're all wearing helmets and face masks, and we know helmets have been punched on a cold Sunday in Chicago. But uh, um, anyway, let's let's move it on to the next question, Sam. Could any of us get a kicking job at Carolina? This is the comedy segment, Sam. So I'll uh, I'll let you take it away. Well, this is the video of the week,
0: wasn't it? I don't know if you've seen the uh, the they put together a few clips of Carolina players doing the. Uh, pretty much try out the kicking job. Um I thought this was quite nice to see some professional athletes uh not really understand what kicking a football is. It was a very very strange decision. You sort see some, one guy just run through it, is it? I mean they had some good onside kickers uh, amongst the the crowd there. Uh but the, <laughs> it was just absolutely bizarre that you can be actually like say a highly preferred professional sportsman, absolutely elite uh athlete and not be able to just kick a football like just get. I don't mind. You know, you're not going to kick it like Justin Tucker, but at least look like when someone's asked you kick that, you understood what the, that task involves. <laughs> uh, but thought, yeah, it's tremendous fun. I, for me, I don't think I could get a job, Caroline. I'm terrible uh, at kicking from uh, uh, from dead ball situation. I, I play rugby. I was always good at kicking from hands, but terrible uh, off a off a tee or anything like that. It was awful, so I, I wouldn't uh, cut it in the NFL. Uh, maybe punting. I don't know. You um, can't get your leg not, that high. Not quite got the range, I'd say. Um But that that would be where I'd do. I wouldn't be able to uh, stand in for a kicker. I know that. I know that much. But at uh, the end again, I would do make a better fist of it than uh, some of those boys did <laughs> on Sunday. Um Yeah, but it all just. Uh, I think the other point I wanted to lead into all of this was it's just flagging up what a possible shit show that the end of the season could turn into. Uh with the way the COVID uh, situation's rearing its head again, isn't it? But um...
2: no, you say you guys say shit show, I say opportunity. I think it's the, the one good thing about COVID has given the NFL is that we've got some new guys that we've never really seen have an opportunity in the NFL and and, and, and grabbing it with with you know with both hands and I, I quite like that. I mean, obviously, I don't want to see anyone get ill or hurt or anything like that, but. I do like new names coming out of you know like we we have ever seen James Robinson if if the you know, the kind from front of we didn't get hurt you know there's, there's so many opportunities James Harrison was undrafted you know there's loads of players like that Antonio Gates but um, yeah I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure
1: Cleveland fans would agree with you right now no so no I,
2: probably they probably wouldn't to be quite honest uh, Nick Nick Mullins is yeah. a bit of a known commodity anyway so it wasn't wasn't quite as romantic i don't suppose but uh, Zayn get, Gonzalez getting injured. Is peak 2021 Carolina Panthers, isn't it? It really is. I mean, their season has just dropped. It's just dropped through the floor, hasn't it? What an end to a distinctly it, underwhelming season. It, I think they promised so much as well after the first four weeks, didn't it? We all thought, oh,
1: look, money 4-0. I was, I was going to say, it feels like the bottom's fallen out very quickly there in 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 Charlotte because, you know, Matt Rule, we all loved last season and we were all going into this year saying, oh, this Matt Rule, he's come from college, he's a real... and. I mean, are we in danger of, of, of him being done at the end of the year?
2: Nah, no, nah, I don't think so. No? I, think, I think it's a long-term uh, project, this. I think he's the guy who can galvanise people, but they've got they've got proper tactical problems. They're dysfunctional offence, you know, an O-line that can't block for shit. And Cam Newton, obviously, that is a shadow of the one that used to don that teal and black back in the day. Yeah, firing Joe Brady, that won't yield instant results, would it? But nonetheless, it was still a bad day for Carolina and... Uh, I think they look, they're just trying to scrape to the end of the season, get themselves a franchise quarterback, and then Matt rules on the clock. Once you've got your guy, yeah. then you're on the clock. Yeah.
0: And I, what's I think Sam- Cam, Cam Newton might be uh, gone at the end of the season. I think this might be his uh, mm-hmm. final uh, roll of the dice, and it's not. Um, it's coming up snake eyes, isn't it? Really, he's looking. He's not even looking like a backup, is he? It's no. uh, sad to see, really. After after yeah. his after his that. Sort of a sensational little cameo debut, wasn't it? And yeah. uh, that was as good as it's got.
1: Should have left it there, shouldn't he, Sam? Should, should have known <laughs> that was it. Never go back after that.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a thing.
1: I thought that was a, a real punch in the guts to the Browns uh, on, on Monday night, that, that defeat to the Raiders, because they'd battled through such a... I mean, so it was like the adversity bowl that one, wasn't it? You know, half the Browns team out with COVID, the, the Raiders having to deal what they've dealt with all season um, and I, I just thought that was a they, they could have gone top of the AFC North with, with a win in that one and now they you know they go into Green Bay on Christmas Day and there's a danger of getting cut adrift there a little bit I mean, yes we know the AFC North is competitive but just sort of emotionally that defeat they may well you know followed up in Green Bay with another one it, yeah, yeah. it felt I like that was a, a big loss for them on, on Monday
2: especially with, with the final kick to end the game too um, I did you watch this guy I watched it whilst making mince pies made 50 mince yeah. pies yesterday lads it was not good. Six six vegan mince pies and 50 regular mince pies yesterday, and it was fucking atrocious. I finished making the pies about quarter to one, sat down for the last 10 minutes, and it got fucking exciting, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was, all of a sudden, it was like, what is going on here? It was a, we had a game on. You know, Derek Carr yeah. fluffing his opportunity, throwing back into it, but getting one more shot, you see him fist pumping on the sideline. I don't know what... Derek Carr looking, trying to look hard. I don't, I don't think he can pull it off, but...
1: By that. No, not, not no.
2: sold at all. Uh, no. But yeah, you're you're right. I mean, the, the Browns. I think it's a what if season for the Browns. I think they've they're a team that really haven't shown an ability to get over key injuries. You know, like they yeah. that that one game where Dennis Johnson ran well in the absence of Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But, yeah. outside, but the the missing Baker Mayfield, I mean, obviously, was never the greatest quarterback in the NFL anyway. But when they missed him, you, there was a significant drop-off on that offense. And it took the defense a little bit of time to get warmed up, too. I mean, Miles Garrett had a good season, but you, you just, just key moments for the Browns. And this, I don't know, it's, it's not like they've embarrassed themselves at any point of the season. They're a perfectly serviceable football team. And obviously, Browns fans will look beyond last season and realise just how lucky they are to have a team that's, you know, still well within the playoff hunt come with three games to, to go in the season and uh, a team that can certainly play player football when they get there. Uh but yeah, there's just a, I mean I can say it's every time we come on podcast but this season has been
0: absolutely batshit crazy.
1: It really has. And a big it's team feel cool. like if
0: it it's if it some buffers and they don't know how to move beyond that, don't they? You know And the best team you know the best teams need do work that out. We, we sort of said it with the Bills, didn't we? You've, got to, team, that next it? And you've got to take next step you've got it. Yeah. So yeah you know, we it's still there's still room to, you know, hit a ceiling, and they have got to work out how to get through it because um, that's well, <laughs> because otherwise you're just going to be the Browns forever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's their next step, is it? and it's a difficult next step to make.
1: And a big decision coming up about Baker Mayfield in the off season. Uh, Sam, why does standing on opposition teams' logos guarantee you a loss, and more importantly? Why do teams keep doing it? I was absolutely stunned when I saw the footage of the Titans doing it. It was just like, what are you doing, guys? And surely enough, the, the Steelers fought back with a vengeance and the towels were flying, the noise was up, and you just sense from that second half on, the Titans' offense fell apart, the Steelers came back and... Fair play to the Steelers, you know, uh, sort of overachieving really this season. But but why, Sam? Why do teams keep doing it? I don't you know what's going to be there. The Titans were upset by it last season, wasn't it? was it the season before? The... No, the Titans did it to the Ravens, didn't they? Did the season before? Oh, I can't remember. Yes, they did. Right yes, they ball. did. Yeah.
0: And, it was, <laughs> and they all got in trouble for it. But didn't be able will say, that's not who we are. We shouldn't have happened and doing it again. And Steelers take offence to it. I don't, I, mean, I don't know why anyone takes offence to it. It's, like, oh, it's absolutely disrespectful. Um, I quite enjoyed Vegas doing it, it. <laughs> the Chiefs the other week as well. It's like, don't, look, you're in a difficult situation it is, lads. Don't make it any harder than it has to be. Um, but I, don't, I still don't understand the mentality of it. I said, Just why give? your opposition something to get the teeth or anything more to get the teeth into than they already have it's absolutely bizarre <laughs> any thoughts on
2: that? not really no i think it's a lot of horse shit um i do i, do. I think it's a lot of bollocks i think teams can like try and make it bulletin board material if you want but honestly it's not we're not talking about the fucking Dallastari or something are we were talking about <laughs> yeah you know, the, the Steelers. Yeah. What do they give a fuck? The fans laugh and look and laugh at him. Steelers came out. They to the game. You know, I don't think. I don't think this moment really affected the game in any way. Uh, I think the Titans and Steelers are both bad football teams right now, uh, for you know pers- <laughs> personnel reasons. Obviously, um, I think both could still somehow make the playoffs as well. Weirdly, uh, that's just where they are right now. They're both physical football teams. I think that's what we saw when they kicked off. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with trampling all over the... It wasn't like it was Juju dancing on it, so the Cincinnati Bengals knocked the shit out of him. I think they were just stood there chatting, weren't they? Fuck that. I'm not
1: interested. Um, we'll move on then, si. Um Have we got anything to talk about college-wise? Is Acroid Avenue been sort of cordoned off this week? Acroid. Uh, yeah, well, both season's underway.
0: Um, but they're oh, all fairly minor affairs at the moment. It's... Um, I what we watched on Saturday, so it was uh, University, um, it was Alabama, it? Birmingham, the Blazers, yeah. uh, scene of BYU. Yeah, it was uh, the
2: Independence Bowl, that one, Sam.
0: Yes, yeah, we've got all the fun. I think, oh, missed, I've not even looked at the result of the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I think that was last night, wasn't it?
2: Jimmy Kimmel was, uh, what's, the, what's the real name of that bowl? Um, it was Utah State versus Sorry. Oregon State and Utah State smashed them. Last night was the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which uh, the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes beat the old Dominion Monarchs. Uh, both 6-6 six six teams, so the so Tulsa Golden Hur- <laughs> Hurricanes are a decent football
1: team. Okay, that's interesting. Can someone explain the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl reference they to our sponsors, listeners? sponsored,
2: mate. All these, these bowl games are ah. get sponsored, that's all. So it was like the Advocare Independence Bowl and the Tostitos for yesterday. Jimmy Kimmel decided <laughs> to sponsor it. A bowl. There's uh, a one the, the Duke Duke Duke's bowl. The, yeah, there's one called the Duke's Mayonnaise Classic, and um, if a fan, if someone in the in the, in the crowd does a, a Mayonnaise uh, gate, uh, Mayonnaise bath, like the Gatorade bath, they get like twenty grand or something stupid. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's insane. But uh, the only I don't know if you got how much you got for it. Sam, we could talk about some head coach movements. There, uh, Miami Hurricanes hired Mario Cristobal as their head coach. She used to be the Ducks head coach. The Oregon Ducks head coach, so he left. The Ducks who were probably a better football team there. Hurricanes, because Hurricanes have probably got a better opportunity to be a better football team. And know, so Christopher Ball was going to get paid a shit ton of money there. There's no state tax. It's nice weather. And he went to college there. Uh, they replaced him with Dan Lanning, Sam, who is Georgia's defensive coordinator who's been so successful this season. So that's an
0: interesting move. Uh know before or after uh, uh joined. Oregon so Bo Nix yeah. the Auburn
2: quarterback who set records his dad and his granddad both played for Auburn he went into the transportal and he joined Oregon uh, it's actually after but it's not um, a landing connection that one it's uh, another member of the staff on Oregon who Nix uh, knew quite well from back in the day at Auburn and obviously we talk about some quarterbacks Quinn Ewers as a transfer you know the guy with the mullet Wardy oh uh, yeah yeah. the number one, of recruit, number one recruit at the 2023 class he went to college a year early so 2022 class he went a year early he went to Ohio State, he's transferred to Texas, which is quite interesting. Spencer the Rattler, transferred to South Carolina to go and play with Shane Beamer, who recruited him when he was at Oklahoma. So they are quite interesting. And of course, Oklahoma, after losing Lincoln Rally to USC, have hired Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator from the Clemson Tigers, as their
0: new head coach as well. So some big names American. all moving. There's no vacancies for Urban Meyer, then, is what you're telling me.
2: No, and, and he won't get one anyway. I think he's done, mate. Uh, Virginia hired the other uh, coordinator from Clemson, Tony Elliott, uh, and Clemson suffered a little bit in the recruiting because of it, because these kids often go where who the person they have um, a big affinity with. It, you know, when they're, when they're talking to these schools, not necessarily the school itself. So a lot of recruits went elsewhere, and uh, good old uh, Dabo taking it as well as any top flight head coach. You know, real leader like Saban would, you know, same people aren't they, Fergie, all that, the, the losers don't like to lose and uh, he didn't take it very well saying it was a disgrace how well, uh, how this uh, signing day was directly after all these uh, head coaches being changed and it's all gone to shit, it's about the most money now and stuff like that but of course the big story was uh, Jackson State University flipping the number one recruit in the country, he was all destined to go to Florida State and went to Jackson State and FCS school instead because Deion Sanders is there i still you even, got it. I know. Did you even know
0: that song? Uh, no, I think I might have missed. I, I, no, I think I've missed that story. To be fair, huge story. Well, you'll be interested. You'll
2: be placing at the top three uh, recruiting classes so far: Alabama, uh, Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama. So you're in the top three, as per usual, Texas squeezing at five, and Notre Dame nowhere to be seen.
1: Say See what, lads? That's going to be first on the list for the uh, inside the pockets next summer. What's that? Prime. The unsung. Dion- Sand- nice. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a good well, story. His 30 for 30 is uh, a thing to behold. The best. Yeah? He's <laughs> quite the... Uh, uh, it, well, he presents it himself. And he, yeah. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> anyway. Well, best anyway.
2: best tell the, best tell the uh, First Lady that will be a three-hour podcast then, because in the amount of shit we've got to talk about info.
1: Would you like some breaking news? Yes, please, sir. Quarterback Garrett Gilbert to start for the Washington football team. Versus the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. Good. Texas. There boys. we go. Lovely stuff Right. What's eating Garrett uh, Gilbert? Over to you, site. Oh, is it time for a bit of ballsy calls? Is it time for some bowsies.
2: Balls calls. Sam Simon and Ward collapsing pocket feeling pretty naughty. Making dodgy picks on the footy. Ballsy. Ballsy. Don't really much about the sporty. Sam Simon and Ward. Okie okay, dokie lads. Well, week 15 still not in the books, is it? But with Seattle and the Rams to play and Washington and Philly to play as well. Sam, you are seven and seven for the week somehow. That takes you up to 113 and 109 for the season with three callsies. Still just keeping your head above water there, mate. Well done. Wardy, you slipped a little bit this week, mate, I'm afraid. You yeah. were nine and five with two to play. So 138, 84 and five causes, although your ballsy callsies tonight. So you still got a chance to pull that one back. And i went 11 and three. I've got a ballsy callsie with the Saints yeah. somehow coming done it on top. Of Tampa, I'm 140 and 82. So fair play. What a slate of games we've got this week. I don't even know what the games are, really. But all over Christmas, you've got a game of Christmas Eve, a game of Christmas Day, and then you've got a full list on Boxing Day. Are you ready for the the potential ballsies here, lads?
1: I am ready for the potential ballsies. Hang on, let me get this week 16 slate up. Yep, let's go, friend.
2: Ready for this, uh, Sam? Uh, yeah, well,
1: yeah. Sure. <laughs> Browns. It's tough, Sam.
2: It's not easy, though. Yeah. Browns. Giants. Texans, Panthers, Steelers and the Washington football team and I'm willing to be swayed on any other if you can give me sufficient evidence. Okay. So let's start at the top, Thursday night football, doesn't football come around quick when you've got a game go on Tuesday as well? I think it, there's less than 48 hours between the, the time that that uh, Philly game finishes and uh, the Forty ers make their way over to Tennessee. The Tennessee are really Titans are really in here, aren't they? I've got to pick first because I'm winning by so far. Right, yeah. oh, oof, um, San Francisco. Oh, well, the Forty ers are on absolute fire. Jimmy G, where's this Jimmy G been all season? What Huh? Eh? Give me those Forty ers on the road. I do not trust those Titans at all.
1: Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll join you there. uh cautiously. I think my Niners are. Just starting to catch fire a little bit there. That running game is, is heating up nicely. Uh, for me, and are we? Go- uh, Yeah,
0: wait for you, yeah. yeah. No, no, and the other George, person uh, is
2: picking, you dickhead. Come on, are you?
0: Sorry, I thought uh, but I was going to This could be quite an easy game for the Niners, isn't it? Titans are still finding bits and pieces. and, and Sorry, the Niners are getting everyone back and the Titans are still,
1: still yet to recoalesce. Uh, thought, it's on. easy against the Titans, Sam, to be fair. Easy-ish, pretty easy. I did, <laughs> I did
2: feel sorry for Don to form when you played through the pain barrier against Pittsburgh to be ended up in the losing team that game. But you know, tough shit. Right, Christmas Day, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Here's a Christmas present. You go into the frozen tundra to play the Green Bay Packers. Uh, anybody going to tell me why the Browns are going to win this?
0: I'll tell you why. Why? Oh, uh, I'm not picking him. But um, <laughs> what you might like, what you might like to consider is the fact that. Uh, the Packers are, are in. They're done. Uh, they might want to just not concern themselves with any kind of injuries, etc., etc. Et Don't really put the effort in. Bounds might sneak upon them. But you're still going.
2: Uh, but the Packers. It. Cheers, mate. Thanks. did you realise we're doing a podcast here? And you can't just fucking say what how your mind works. Is that all right? Cheers, Wardy. Um. Fucking. hell I mean, there's asleep. not
1: many. There's not many... No, I'm I'm just trying to look at ballsy-coldies because there's not many alike. (laughs) And this might be the only game where... (sighs) I mean, I don't like like it, but... But... (laughs) The ballsy-coldy options are are limited. This is the only team that are going for the playoffs that you're letting me have a ballsy-coldy on. You know I like to play the odds on these, side. Do you know what? Give me the Browns for a ballsy, cozy in Green Bay on Christmas Day. He's drunk.
2: He's absolutely drunk. Those <laughs> Rochefort foot <eights, laughs> Those rush have gone to his head.
1: These rush are beautiful.
2: Well, moving on swiftly, the late game on Christmas Day. The cr- I say this point with the game of the week, Indy at Arizona. I'm. I'm going to go the Colts. I'm going to go Indy. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm-
1: I'm joining you on that one, side. I think Very there's nice. momentum building in that direction and against the Cardinals at the moment. Sam? Well, having just recorded
0: this pod, uh, well, got to say Indianapolis, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> That's been the entire discussion, hasn't it?
2: Locking it in. <laughs> well, Sam, are you getting back on the horse, though, on Boxing Day, the first of the 6pm games? And... <laughs> After you jilted Detroit, Detroit. last week, <laughs> are they going to beat the Atlanta Falcons? It's not out of the realms of possibility, is it? Um,
0: uh, uh, they certainly should beat the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Come on, that, that's a gettable one for Detroit. Is this a ballsy? No, no, I don't think so. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, give me, give me the Lions, thanks. <laughs> I goaded him into it. I'm going for Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. The, the role with the Falcons seems to be lose to good teams, beat bad teams. And even though the Lions are the best to win team that anyone's ever seen, I'll, I'll still take the Falcons.
2: Okay. All right. Here we go. The Rams at the Vikings. a potential playoff uh, implications here.
1: Um, I, I, despite their
2: win this week, I wasn't impressed. I'm going for the Rams here. I'm not messing about.
1: Well, Sai, what's my rule with the Vikings? I don't know. No, just
2: tell me the answer. <laughs> I don't know who's playing
1: no, what. Come on, indulge me in some podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wins, two, wins, two, isn't it if they win two in a row, they lose two in a row. The Vikings have won the last two. They're going to lose this one. That's the rule. Give me the Rams. They're
2: going to lose because of shit. Sam?
1: Well, I certainly hope you're right. Cause
0: they're uh, <laughs> they're in the Saints way for that seventh spot. Uh, <laughs> and also, if, uh, if you're a man, Captain Kirk keeps throwing those... Laser sighted picks as he did against Chicago. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, what what a, I, ball, what a toss that was. Can, um, can I will I'll just defer to everyone who knows anything about football has been saying about that, which was that the refs, Mr. Blatant uh, holding call on Steph, um, not Stephon Diggs, um, yeah. Jefferson, who that ball was intended to go to.
2: Are we on the with the Rams here, Sam? Yes, please. Far from it for me to be uh, Scrooge in this week, but uh, we've got six minutes left of this podcast, and I need okay. you guys to pick nine picks. So let's speed up a little bit. The toilet bowl. Jacksonville Jaguars going to play the New York Giants. I'm sticking with the uh, Giants. Sorry, the Jets rather. I'm going to stick with the Jets here. I think because didn't the uh, they gave the Dolphins a good run last
1: week. Yeah, yeah. I'll give, give me Bobby Sellers Jets. Don't know what the Jets
0: in.
2: They oh, but you burned you by the, you burned by the Jaguars last week, you two, weren't you? So the Jets are all locked in. You know you know they've got a bad opponent. Oh NFC East Ross here. Giants going to Philly. This is a ballsy call for anybody who wants to say Barkley.
0: No, I'll have the Eagles, please, son. <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, this is a very easy ball. The soft ballsy, I'll take the Giants. <laughs> oh,
2: so the man who says he always takes the the, the, the hardest ones out I like the, yeah. I like the
0: Eagles. Why not? Uh, right. I might throw another bad one
2: in. Let's see. It's <laughs> written down, mate. That's your ballsy cozy Locked in. I will take it back. Is this the biggest game of the weekend? Buffalo at New England. For me, this is the Patriots game to lose at home. This is where they put their foot on the throat of the AFC East. Give me those pats. <sighs> Three weeks ago, Warden, oh. you went with the Buffalo Bills in this contest. It was close, to be fair.
1: Do you know what? Give me the bills. I'm going <laughs> to yes. live and die by that sword.
0: I'm sticking on the horse. I've had all season with the Patriots, please. Well,
2: we're, we're pretty much playoff bound, mate, with that one. Baltimore at Cincinnati. A banged-up Baltimore going to Cincinnati. Even if they're banged up, you still can't be fully confident in the Bengals beating them, even at home. I've got to the first pick. Oh I don't know what the Lamar prognosis is. Um I'm gonna go Baltimore. I'm gonna pick Baltimore.
1: Okay, the, the Bengals are the AFC's uh Vikings, so they lost two before they won one last week, so I'll take the Bengals to win two in a row now.
0: <laughs> Sam. Uh, I'm gonna say the Bengals as well. Because you want them to win, the yeah. Incredible amount of confidence. <laughs>
2: Here's my balls, he calls it for the week. The Houston Texans are
0: going
1: to
2: beat the Chargers <laughs> at home.
1: <laughs> Reverse psychology, I love, it. I they love it.
2: They are, definitely, they're going to do it. I know they are. This is the kind of game we lose, we've got COVID issues.
1: Give me those Houston now, Texans. No, cha- Chargers all day. <laughs> Sam?
0: Well, Davis Mills is in a bit of uh, fine form, isn't he? Um. It's no, bit- I'll let you. I won't ruin your ballsy. I'll go charges. It
2: doesn't ruin it, but it is your favourite pastime, so I was well expecting you to do so. <laughs> all right, so we've all got ballsy calls in, so you can uh, play as you please. Now, lads, Carolina hosting Tampa Bay. Obviously, I'm going with those books because they are a much better football team. Books. Books, Sam. Could,
0: could go either way. Uh, no, Tampa. <laughs> Tampa are going to win. Even without. That all right,
2: like five, to go. Okay, over to the 9pm um, games. Uh, Seattle Seahawks hosting the Chicago Bears. That's a that's a fucking underwhelming game, isn't it? Give me those Seahawks. Seahawks for me?
0: Yeah, it should be an easy, easy enough for them.
2: Well, we'll see. They, they've flat to deceive themselves. AFC West matchup Denver at Las Vegas. I, I, that's a hard one, but I think Denver are a better football team. I think they're more solid. Give me the Broncos.
1: Uh, yeah I agree
0: Sam too much agreement there's too much agreement going on here give me Vegas got <laughs> <Sad> it <laughs> <laughs> too many locks this week
2: uh, Pittsburgh at Kansas City Jesus Christ I just put you all in now yeah Chiefs <laughs> I uh, yeah very much
0: oh, what a shame. Yeah. yeah Chiefs will be fine
2: <laughs> okay Sunday night football or Boxing Day night football I don't know if it's going to be called that or not Washington at Dallas Dallas now striding Absolutely striding, despite significant deficiencies. But did you say Garrett Gilbert starting? Give me those Cowboys. (laughs) The
0: Cowboys. Just playing on Wednesday and then Sunday.
1: Well, no, I I think uh, What's-His-Name might be back. Heineke might be back on Sunday. Well, we'll see. A very short
0: week for Washington. Um, Cowboys.
2: Either way, I don't think it's going to end well for them. And the final game of the week, we have... Shit Monday Night Football, to be fair. The Miami Dolphins, who I still don't, can't really get on board with, going to New Orleans to play the Saints. Six in a row for Miami, but they only just squeaked by last one. Um New Orleans, this is a hard one to pick. It is. Do you want me to go first, side? because I'm yeah, quite confident. Go on, then. You want the Dolphins? I'll have the Dolphins, please. I think I'm going to have the Dolphins as well, mate. I think you're right. Samuel. Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> <There are you. laughs> Saints for the Sam and that wraps up week 60s ballsy he calls guys what have you got a minute left to see us out
1: and that wraps up this week's podcast folks have a fantastic Christmas Merry Christmas uh, Merry Christmas everyone you know good peace and goodwill, Sam and, and all that jazz mistletoe wine etc etc this has been the Collapsing Pocket podcast brought to you by Roll Flush Designs quality gear throughout the year 10% discount code with the discount uh, the discount code is pocket 10 let's in pocket numbers in 10 <laughs> My name is Rob Ward, your old mate Wardy. This is Simon Carroll. Cheers, guys. This is Sam A. Croyd. Be it out. And we will speak to you next week. Tell her. <laughs> the smokestack spitting black soot into the study.